Hello and welcome to the Peter Diagnos Podcast. Why is rejection for me one of, most, one of the most profoundly liberating experiences of my life? And when it happens, although painful and although I don't like it, I it is cathartic, first of all, because that is one of my core wounds, a rejection wound. And many people have this wound. They have a fear of rejection. A fear of rejection, but it's unnatural. You shouldn't you shouldn't fear rejection because you're eternal perfection. But my point is it is always a profoundly liberating experience because I always unlayer many, many parts of my subconscious and I learn about brand new parts of myself that I previously didn't know about. Because what you're essentially doing is you're breaking chains. When you get rejected by someone or someone that you like or someone didn't like something that you did creatively or someone that you're reaching out to romantically or a friend, whatever form of rejection it is, what's happening is you are breaking a chain that exists inside you that was still tethered to the idea that if this person or this external validation applauds me or likes me or approves of me and I'm part of the club then that means that I'll be set and I'll be good and I can rest on that little plateau and I won't need to do anything else because now I'm part of the club and now I'm part of the acceptance club and I'm liked. I'm part of the likability club. And the thing is, every time I get rejected, it's always painful and it's always hidden. It sneaks up out of nowhere because I keep thinking, oh, I'm becoming so confident in myself and I'm becoming so like rock solid in who I am. I don't care what anyone thinks. And then and then someone rejects me out of nowhere. Say it's someone you like or someone that you're really close with even, that you get along with, or even your soulmate, even the person that you love most in the world. They reject a part of you or they don't like something that you do or they look at you weird or they judge you or whatever it is. It's This might be a more common experience for people that are creative or that are expressing, you know, going to the edge of things and pushing the boundaries but you basically are shattering something that was hidden that the part of you that thought that you still needed to censor yourself in some way essentially that that because if that was in there and they that 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 rejection had that power over you to make you be in pain about it it means that it was still driving your action subconsciously it was driving your creative bent and it was corrupting it, essentially. It's like enslavement. It's a subtle, if, to me, it's a subtle form of enslavement. If you're still caring what they think and you're still wanting to spend or slant or change the way you express yourself for them, then that's a chain and that's enslavement. And now that gets into the idea of conformity. And we live in a society where we have these very strict belief systems that are rooted in this kind of you know, puritanical, American, emotionally and sexually repressed, and we have these obsession with these shame, these embedded programs of shame and punishment over many centuries and millennia that are just in our DNA and in the collective everywhere, but conformity. So the idea is that when you're creative, you are constantly breaking and shattering those. So what happens is, you have to accept the idea that in our society, especially with the advent of social media and television and all these things, 
we are very much entranced to this idea of we've gotten lulled into this idea of there's this article that Brett Easton Ellis wrote four years ago called the cult of likability. It's one of my favorite articles. I'll, I'll link it, but um, it's basically, I mean, it's a sentiment that I share too. It's basically the idea that we, we can find refuge and, and someone is, is virtuous and we hold these, these things in high esteem to be liked. You say whatever you need to say to be liked. And if you don't express liking to everyone and pay your debts and, and approval and be nice and be perfect and basically express this kind of same exact kind of approval with no fire, with no like conviction or no like, you're basically, you're subtly and subconsciously pushed into not disagreeing with anyone that's like the age we live in in social media and all these things and the more time you spend on social media i find the more that your opinions and ideals and soul fire will be sanded down like you're sanding down wood because it just becomes more and more and more and closer to the mean closer to the middle closer to the very calm opinions that don't offend anyone and just say the party line and so this thing about rejection is that that's something I think for people that are creative or looking to go to the outer edges and break barriers, that's something that you'll most definitely deal with in this society because we're already dealing with these puritanical belief systems and this idea that everyone has to be liked and everyone has to be perfect and these old rooted systems of shame and judgment and the idea that if you're not properly paying your debts to the, the, the shame matrix, and being a nice little boy who doesn't express pleasure and knowing and craziness, so-called craziness, which is really just soul passion and soul fire, then we'll look at you like you're crazy and we won't be able to, you know, agree with you. I'm getting off track. But my point is that it's a chain and it may be a collective chain that, that many people in the society or the family structure or friend group or just all the culture altogether, the pop culture, everything maybe everyone does share that chain there's one thing okay oh that this is what normal people do you should never ever step outside of that never ever step outside of that and if you do we'll ostracize you so the point is you're breaking those chains and knowing that what happens when you start to break those chains is you learn that you can come closer into yourself and learn that you are god you're literally god and you are have all the love inside of you that you ever needed and it doesn't matter what you express. Yes, we have these obsessive categorizations. Everything needs to be put in a box in the society. That's the thing about creative expression. It's infinite. And what I've learned is the more I get rejected, the more I learn that you are, that I, it does not matter what I express. And, and no matter how many people disapprove of me, no matter how many people are angry at me, no matter how many people want me to shut up or think what I'm saying is, is deplorable or unacceptable or whatever. It doesn't matter because it really, it truly does not affect my ability to love myself. And if I, I thought that it did for many years, but that's just a chain. And those are just those mind programs that have been installed in our head by the society. So rejection is beautiful because every time it happens, it brings me in closer to myself. And it says, oh, wait, I was limiting and I was actually limiting myself and afraid there were certain things that I was afraid to express before around that person or 
you know, generally just in any way because I thought that that person liking me or these people approving of me or anything meant that I was a good person and I got the little pot at the gold at the end of the rainbow. And then you're like, whoa, like what else was I holding back about? And now that if that means nothing, that means, wow, there's this whole other thing that can be just burst and exploded open. This whole other side of me that this creative potential, for me, it's almost just like a testing ground. It's a testing ground. What, what are the things I can express? And people will give me those funny looks and like, they'll think I'm crazy, but it still won't matter. It will just be testing the strength of my own self-love and the strength of my own fortitude. And I will learn that um, even if the whole, what the kind of self-love, and I, I think the kind of self-love and love of God, love of the universe, love of you being everything that ever was and ever will be, that people should strive for, that I want to strive for, is the knowing that if everyone hated me, every single person I've ever met hated me, scorned me, whatever, or they loved me, praised me, worshipped me, would, ap- would make absolutely no difference to the way I love myself, to the way I experience the universe, to the way I... I'm in intimacy and able to love myself. Because what you realize is most of the world is just based on belief systems. They're based on constructions of reality and everyone is living in their own dream essentially and they have their own constructs of belief systems, most of which were indoctrinated via family, via pop culture, whatever. And none of it matters. Like it truly doesn't matter. For me, creative expression is infinite. When I surrender to my individual self, this idea of Peter, this character of male and, and, you know, living in this type of family and, and all these little labels that we have, none of them actually matter. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a vessel. What you realize is if you were rejected by that person or that thing, or this thing didn't bring you fulfillment, whatever it is, you realize that, okay, that was built Whatever that was, was just built on a completely faulty and faulty wiring and a faulty foundation to begin with. Because if it, if it rattled me that deeply and if it crushed me that deeply, that means that I was completely basing myself worth on something completely outside of myself, completely codependence, unhealthy, whatever it is. Because if people that accept themselves fully realize that those systems of judgment and separation and shame are just tools to keep us separate and none of it actually matters... They're false ways of thinking that you're above people or below people. And and when people say, oh, he's crazy or he needs to be, you know, he's bad, whatever, the herd ostracized that person, it's just false ways of having certainty and security and none of it's real because we're all dying the same way. Our souls are going on the same way, no matter what the shame constructs and all. So I love to push the boundaries just to know that none of it's even real. Shame is a completely artificial construct that is not real. In any way, shape, or form. So, what I also wonder is, is it an experience that I call in, that my higher self has been calling in my entire life? Because it is very beneficial and it is very, always a growth experience. So I wonder if in some ways a lot of people call in these experiences of rejection because your higher self knows that you needed that to grow. Or there was a part of you inside you that was rejecting yourself and not really able to accept yourself in an intimate way. So what happens is you call that in in your external projector screen, which is just which which is just a hologram that is showing you what's already inside you is just showing you, hey, these are the parts of yourself that you don't like. These are your triggers and these are what needs to be healed. So it's just, it's pointing you inside yourself. 
I feel it's so much fun and it's so amazing. And even though that ego death is so painful, when you do get rejected, it's so liberating because then you're like, oh, this person doesn't accept me and I'm not going to get comfort in the warm little blanket of acceptance and warm little blanket of the herd, which I've never gotten. I think that was part of my higher self's plan of like always being the loner, always being the outsider, whatever, because I could have a more clear view of societal systems and all these things. When you can accept that and when you can integrate that, then you're healing it. You're healing it. Rejection is something that I'm so grateful for because... A lot of times it just shows you that the boundaries are completely imaginary. They're made up. They're not true. That's what creative expression is. It's expressing the deepest parts of you, expressing the unhindered parts of you that is God flowing through you. So if people are rejecting that, it has nothing to do with you. And it doesn't even matter. It's, it's literally infinite. But there are so many little subconscious programs inside of us that are still leaning us towards conformity and leaning us towards, oh, you have to do it this way and this belief system and this religion and this government and this, this politeness and this nice and this all this. And it's just not true. So I'm going to end it with a little story about I was in this support group for depression for a while, a couple months back, and it met twice a week. And there was this girl that I liked a lot. And we had like a really strong rapport and chemistry and she was a couple years younger but um mature i would say and we got along really well and i would say it was like it was it was a strong connection it was like a soul connection really there was like a heart resonance there for sure and i was like really excited about it and i was really um i didn't know what was going to come of it because you never know like what are the boundaries there and i can't yes this person out because we're in this group together this therapy group and group therapy. And so when it ended and on our last day, we had like a little party and everyone was like saying something nice about her for a farewell to go. And, and I got her a card and wrote something small in it and, and wrote my number and like a little, very little gift. And it ended up that she never called me. And I was like, I had put so many eggs in that basket and I was so hoping for it. I was like so banking on it. And But what you realize is you, you, you do so much of that mental fantasizing and projecting into the future and you just go off into la-la land because you're just constantly doing it. And then when it's not rooted in action and you don't actually see what happens in reality, you can just go into all these fantasy lands and like live these light, like live all these fantasies out and they're not even, they're just pointless. And I was really super depressed for like a good two or three days after, you know, it sinks in that she's not texting you back or, I mean, she's not going to call you or whatever. I think a lot of guys or girls have had that experience where you're like, you're, you're like still holding out hope. You're like, did they see it yet? I don't know. What if they're still going to get back to me? And you're just, you're in this la-la land and you're just desperately hoping. And then you just never did. And then, and, but what I found is it brought up so much sadness. It brought up so much pain and it brought up so much hurt. And, but as I came through it, I was so proud of myself. Like I was really so proud of myself because it, it was cathartic and it helped me to heal that wound. It helped me to pull it up to the surface, that buried fear of rejection that was still lurking inside me. And, I was like, I can't even remember the last time I just like asked someone out and was just very genuine and, and open about the fact that I liked them. And I was like, I was so happy that I actually did that. I couldn't even remember the last time I did that. 
it's not the end of the world. And I survived. Like, I survived it. And which is kind of a nerve-wracking experience, and it was even in it, but I realized that I had that fear of rejection, and that fear of rejection is in you because you think that rejection has power over you, but it truly doesn't. It's only helping you cut away layers, cut away chains to come into a deeper intimacy with yourself and learn that it's just another aspect of you that is something that you haven't welcomed home in yourself first. So this experience with this girl was so cathartic and I was so happy and I was even, and you're so angry about it even for a couple of weeks or however. And like, but then you realize that like all these, even relationships and breakups and all these things that you've been through in your life or, or friendships that have gone sour was old resentments because you realize they were all serving you. They were all truly serving you to become the person you were meant to be. That's what you need to unlayer and you need to cut away those illusions. You need to shatter those foundations that were built on faulty foundation. They were built on faulty foundation in the first place if they were able to be shattered. That self-love, that self-trust. So it is bringing you closer in to yourself and it is bringing you closer into knowing that you are the source of everything. You are the source of infinite creation and you don't need one single person outside of you to love yourself infinitely, to be a self-sustaining galaxy of love. And then you learn, what you learn with this is essentially that you stop demanding things out of people. You stop demanding things out of your wife or whoever or your friends to say, hey, look at me. Like I need, I need you to say that I'm okay. And I need you to say that this is cool. And I need you to like approve of this. It's just so much lighter. It's just such a lighter existence when you don't need all those people to approve of you. And I did for so many years. That's why I'm so grateful to having these rejection experiences and knowing that it doesn't matter because all that matters is, do I love myself? I'm going to play it out with a song called Working Class Hero by John Lennon off the 1970 album Plastic Ono Band. I really like this song a lot because it, it really speaks to me. Like I feel every word that he says in this song so deeply. The, one of my favorite lines is when he says, when they torture you for 20 odd years... And then they expect you to pick a career, but you can't even function because you're so full of fear. A working class hero is something to be, keep you doped with religion and sex and TV. And it's basically just about his upbringing, how he never fit in and he never just jived with the system and, you know, just the sickness of our system and everything and trying to be independent and trying to express yourself and just feeling like you're in a prison and... This song just speaks to me so deeply, so I'll play that for you now, Working Glass Hero by John Lennon. Have a good one, and hope you're well. As soon as you're born, they make you feel small By giving you no time instead of it all Till the pain is so big you feel nothing at all A working class hero is something to be A working class hero is something to be They hurt you at home and they hit you at school They hate you if you're clever And they despise a fool 
till you're so fucking crazy you can't follow their rules. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. When they've tortured and scared you for twenty odd years, then they expect you to pick a career. When you can't really function, you're so full of fear. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. Keep you doped with religion and sex and TV, and you think you're so clever and classless and free, but you're still fucking peasants as far as I can see. Working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. There's room at the top, they are telling you still. But first, you must learn how to smile as you kill. To be like the folks on the hill. A working class hero is something to be. A working class hero is something to be. If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me. If you want to be a hero, well, just follow me.